Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. In your pew Bible on page 186 of the New Testament, if you'd like to follow along, that's Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Love for one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when I put together my preaching plan, I put in a title. It didn't all make it there because I knew what people would think. How many of you ever heard of the KISS system? Keep it simple, stupid. Well, that's not what I want. I wanted it to read KISS. Keep it simple, saint. It's a huge change. It just doesn't mess up the acronym. Will you be in the spirit of prayer with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. A long time ago, somebody paid me a very high compliment, at least in my mind. They referred to me as a wordsmith. Now, my father comes out of the trades. He ended up being an accountant, but he started out being a tool and die maker. And he always had this deep appreciation for anybody who went into the trades, plumbing, carpentry, electrical work, whatever. And blacksmithing would have fell under that category. And I've seen blacksmiths at work. It is hot, it is heavy, it is strenuous work. So to be referred to as a wordsmith, I figured I got the easy end. Because the only thing I really was expected to do, at least in the mind of this person, was to take words and turn them into something useful and functional. I've always appreciated that. I've always treasured that. Unfortunately, it has sometimes made me a little oversensitive to words. See, language is an evolving reality. Over a period of time, the meanings of words change. And I can't help that. But there are times that I regret the change because I'd like to go back to what it used to mean. That's one issue. But not the one I'm addressing this morning. 
English, for all of its gifts, is a very imprecise language. We use one word to represent a lot of things. It's not that it's wrong. Other languages do the same. But it can be dangerous. And that's what today's word exhibits. I have come to the point where I don't particularly care for the word love anymore. In the first place, it tends to be thrown around very loosely. Even so much as a, as a punchline in a comedic bit. I love you. No, you don't. You're just going for a laugh. But in our overuse of the word, we've muddled, number one, its meaning. And we have used it not to build up, but to abuse. And so texts like today's, to love your neighbor as yourself, can be very dangerous. In the community I grew up in, which was fairly conservative, I heard a lot of, well, God loves you and so do I. And somehow that just rang pretty hollow to me. I didn't know who they were. They didn't know who I was. It had nothing to do with my character. It had nothing to do with any affection they might feel for me just simply because I was a created individual, they were willing to profess their love for me. Now, philosophically, that's not inappropriate. I I understand that. But neither is it specific. And the real danger comes especially when you're talking to someone in need of that affection, of that kind of relationship, and you employ the word love, what they hear may be something entirely different than what you intended to say. Because their desire to receive love is so real, so complete, so necessary for their existence that they hear what they want to hear. And because the word is imprecise and we don't go into detail, we just let it sit and say, accept it for what you think it might be. The Greeks are very different. 
According to last count, they have about eight different words that represent the expression or experience of what we would typically refer to as love. In the English, each one focused and intentional. But I'm going to hit only four today. The first one is the one we probably most often experience, which is what we refer to as philia. This is the kind of love that denotes friendship, mutual affection, a relationship of some kind. It doesn't have to be serious. It just means I know who you know, who you are, what you are, I appreciate you, and I welcome you into my circle. That's philia. And then we have one that's, shall we say, more intimate. And that is the word eros. Eros is an intimate expression of love, usually expressed between spouses, often felt with boundaries in the relationship you have with your children. It's basically a love that says, I love you so deeply and completely, I am willing to sacrifice all that I am for you. I'm willing to give you everything I am, including my physical being, to demonstrate that relationship. The other is the dangerous one. Because it is used as a substitute too often for eros or philia, and that's mania. Despite the common psychological usage that we have for it, mania, it has been a word in Koine Greek, biblical Greek, that describes affection, but not so much affection but obsession, possession, even so much as abuse in the name of such things. And I'm sad to say that we have people who don't know how to distinguish between mania and philia. Armenia and Eros. And typically that's where we get into the most trouble. Because love, more than anything, is self giving. In its own way, it is sacrificial in nature. It has very little to do with what's in it for me and a whole lot more to do it in terms of what I can give to you. 
Mania turns that around. Mania says, this is what I want. And in my mind, that's not really what love is unless you use it to describe it, your love of self. We do have a word that is much more appropriate to our scripture today, and that's agape. Agape is that divine, selfless love that God exhibits toward us, and we, as the body of Christ, are called to exhibit toward one another. Sacrificial, yes. But conditional, no. Philea, eros, even mania tends to have conditions that are attached to it how we relate to the other person, their level of attractiveness, their willingness to participate. You know, those are all conditional. But agape calls us to offer our love just because that individual was created by God. I kind of have a spiritual discipline that reminds me of the beauty of agape. And I invite you to share it with me. Poga was one of my favorite teachers in high school. She almost failed me, but she was still one of my favorite teachers. I never did learn German. It's the only class I ever took from her. But anyway, she once told me that the eyes are the windows to the soul, and that always planted something in me. And so for me, my test for agape lies in the eyes that I see in the other. Because if I can look into their eyes and I can see the eyes of Christ, that will give me entrance to their soul. And I will find a way to love them, even though I don't know them, even though we've never met. We're lucky. As the body of Christ, we are called into relationship with each other. Did you get this? I am called to, never mind. But we are called in relationship with each other. We have an opportunity to get to know each other, to learn of each other, to sincerely care for each other, not just in a surface, over-the-top, esoteric level, but in a very personal one. Those relationships are gifts. And I feel privileged in the fact that I have been brought into this community and that I've begun the discovery process 
of the love that you have had to share with me and with Lisa. And it is appreciated. We are called to love our neighbors. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it is the second of the commandments and the only one that on this earth truly makes any difference. The first being is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And to quote the Gospels, and the other is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul's just stealing it for this passage. But it is critical. Because it does call call us to sacrifice, to service, to extend ourselves for the other. And that is what community, and that is what love is truly about. Love is not something that should be experienced. It is something that should be demonstrated. So when I encounter you, don't expect me to say that I love you. But listen to the question I offer to you. which is how can I care for you? Because it is in that effort to care that our love for each other will be revealed. Love isn't a word, it's not even a feeling. At its best, love is an action. It is a gift that you offer another. It is the gift that God has offered to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.